words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. God started to minister this word in my heart like over a month ago. This is actually not something that came just over the weekend. Something that God had started to speak about the fruitfulness of God's people. The fruitfulness of your life. The fruitfulness of the nation. And we're not barren. We're not barren. You are not barren. There is a seed of God on the inside of you. There's a grace of God that lives on the inside of you. You know how people undermine you because they think they've seen all of you? You know how people think that this is all you can be because that's the current circumstances where you are? That's not all of you. There are many more chapters to you. Say, I am not barren. Say, I'm not unfruitful. When we say barren and unfruitful, people straight away think about babies. You know, there are so many mothers who are barren. You know, they are actually... They are actually fruitful in the natural, but they're not able to take care of the children they've birthed. So so they birthed many children, but these children will become trouble to them. That's a measure of barrenness. There are people who don't have children, and the Bible begins to say, it says, greater is the sons of he who bore no child than the ones who bore children. There are people who have no natural children, but there is a grace in them to mother, to father, to be fruitful, to give life. And that's actually what's important to God, that wherever you go, there's a sense of life around you. There's a sense of birthing around you. There's a sense of motherhood around you. There's a sense of multiplication and giving life and giving grace wherever you may be. Say, I am not barren. Say, I'm not unfruitful. Hallelujah. So I'm going to just touch on four key points. A cursed land that was healed, fruitfulness from labor, Goshen, and God's finishing plan. So let's start this morning from Elisha. So I'm going to just give you four instances in the Bible where barrenness was reversed and turned around. Yeah. So healing the city, salt and the water. This is a story of Elisha. Let's go to the scriptures in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19 to 20. So let's read this together. One, two, go. Then the man of the city said to Elisha, Please notice the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground is barren. And he said, Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. And he went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day according to the word of Elisha which he spoke. There was a river in the time of Elisha. There was a city that was doing very well. If you saw it in the natural, you call it the prosperous city. If you saw it in the natural, you would think this is an amazing place. And that's why I brought the picture. If you go back two slides, you can see. Go back two slides. You can see the picture of this of this amazing city. If you imagine that this is the city that Elisha was 
coming to. And the elders and the leaders of the city came to him and said to him, Sir, we have an amazing city. We have an amazing skyline. We have an amazing opportunity center. We have an amazing place. But there is only one problem. The water is bitter. The water doesn't allow anything to grow. Everything around this water dries up. This water is barren. The land doesn't give birth. This land doesn't give birth. And Elisha said, give me a bowl. Give me a bowl. And when Elisha took the bowl, he said, put some salt in it. What does that remind you of? What scripture does that remind you? You are the salt of the earth. Ah, she cannot breathe You are the salt in the bowl. The church of Christ is the church, is the salt in the bowl. And in every city we go where there is no salt, we have salt in the bowl because we are the salt of the earth. And Elijah took the church and sprinkled the church in the waters of the city. Elijah took the church and sprinkled the church in the waters of the city. And then the waters became healed. So there was just about three things that happened. First of all, the elders of the city came to Elijah. There was a partnership between Elijah, between the prophet and the city elders. There was a partnership. That partnership produced solutions to the problems. The water is bad. As a result, the land is barren. The prophet led a prophetic action. Bowl, salt, water. And he went to the source. He asked, where is the source of this water? That's very important. Source. You know, I, I did my NYC in Ogo Camp. In Ogo Camp, in Enugu State, there is a fresh water that comes out. Right? A fresh water comes out from inside the rock. And that water is thermal water. It's water that was formed from molten magma. They is coming out straight out of out of a volcano, out of a, an active volcano that lies many many meters on the Earth's stratosphere. That's how you find warm water. The water is hot by itself as it's coming out. It means that the water was boiled. Is the purest form of water. When water comes out from the source, so you want to heal a thing, go to its source. You want to you want to uproot something, go to its source. You want to stop a problem, don't just cut off the branches. Go to its source. So these things are very significant. When Elijah said, "Show me the water source," and Elijah went to the water source, and what did he do? He poured salt there. He poured the life of God there. He poured the church of God there. He poured the, at the source of everything when the church has salt when the church is salty the church releases grace over the source of life over the source of life over the source of water water represents the source of life and the word healed the land the word of Elijah and the salt which he poured down healed the land and there was no more death and Elijah said this thus says the Lord I have healed this water <laughs> from it shall there be no more death or barrenness 
So the water remains healed to this day. According to the word of Elisha, which he spoke, everybody for generations drank the waters that Elijah healed. That's the perpetuity of what we do. The, the seeds we plant in righteousness will bring healing that will go before, beyond us into the next generation in the name of Jesus Christ. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's my first example. The second example is how to trigger fruitfulness. Triggering fruit, fruitfulness. There are things that you do on the inside of you that brings about fruitfulness. There are things that you do on the inside of you that you will never stumble. There are things that you do that you will never miss out the grace of God. There are things that you do, there are characters you exhibit. There are behavior patterns you choose that trigger fruitfulness. So today, I just want to us to lean into the fruitfulness that comes from God is bigger than the fruitfulness of the environment. A man who is not fruitful on the inside cannot offer fruitfulness to the city. A person who is not fruitful on the inside when he enters the place where the city vaults are will only bring death. So God is keen on us releasing fruitfulness in our own personal life. God is keen on us bringing the seeds of righteousness in our own personal life because if you don't have fruitfulness how can you give it how can you give what you don't have so god is keen on cultivating personal fruitfulness in you your life must bear fruit your life must cause something to stir your life must shift many people are believers but their lives have no fruit their lives have no fruit and this does not glorify god god wants each of us to bear fruits bear fruits and when we, we spend so much energy chasing natural fruit, like money, like babies, we spend so much energy crying about babies, but we don't spend that much energy crying about the fact that we don't have spiritual fruit. We don't spend that much energy crying about the fact that our lives is not full of grace. We don't spend that much energy crying about the fact that our lives are dry and doesn't glorify God. We don't spend that much energy desiring for God to move in our hearts. The way we spend energy pursuing the things that give us food to eat and a bed to lie on and things in the natural. We don't spend that much energy pursuing these things which the Holy Spirit wants us to have. So we jump to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. Let's read it together. One, two, go. But also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Wow. Giving all diligence, giving all carefulness, giving all desire to pursue. You are a man of faith, we know. You have faith, we know. But add something to it. What do you add to your faith? Oh, you guys are so quiet and sullen today. <laughs> what do you add to your faith? 
and to virtue and to knowledge and to self-control and to perseverance and to godliness and to brotherly kindness add love add love these are the things that begins to shift something in our lives even though you have faith you have a man of faith are you a man of virtue the things you do can we say these things are virtuous even though you are a man of virtue can we say you have knowledge how many people have virtue virtue signaling all over the place but no knowledge have you seen Christians on, on a comment session saying rubbish have you ever seen it it just disgraces the name of God so bad because they have no knowledge they have virtue about righteousness and holiness but they don't know why no knowledge it embarrasses God so much that we have no knowledge and when you have knowledge guess what you need after knowledge <laughs> you need to control yourself <laughs> because knowledge makes you proud and you want to show off <laughs> so these things actually build up on each other And when you have self-control, self-control is not enough. Some people will stretch your self-control. So what do you need? You need to persevere. Ah. <laughs> you don't persevere and then fall off into unrighteousness. After you persevere, guess what you need to hold on while you're persevering? Godliness. You still need godliness. And after godliness, guess what you need? brotherly kindness what's the difference between brotherly kindness and love kindness how many people say that you've heard people say that the, uh, the fruit of the spirit is not niceness niceness and kindness are not too far from each other so all of you guys who say those things and pastors who say those things don't follow them don't follow the people who say the fruit of the spirit is not niceness. No, kindness is close to niceness. Kind. You know the truth. But say it in such a way that it will do something good in the, in the heart of the hearer. You know the truth. But say it in such a way that it will bless. The Bible says the preacher looks for acceptable words. It's not just okay to say like me. I used to say it. Ho how. I used to say it. <laughs> I don't use to sugarcoat things. No. I feel that temptations many times to, to beat up some people. <laughs> but I will ask myself, is this kind? And when I've gone over, I drag myself back to the template of brotherly kindness. Am I being loving? This thing I did, is this the right way? Can, can I, could I have done it better? Could I have said it better? Brotherly kindness. And that's the evidence of love. If you love people, you must be able to say things to them in such a way that the whole idea of what you're saying is not to rub off on them the wrong way. Do you guys understand? Very, very important that it, even though we love God, we have to attempt to be kind to one another. And when we are that kind, it gives God the glory. Amen. So let's read this again. One to go. 
for also but also for this very reason giving all diligence add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love now verse 8 let's read this together once again for if these things are yours and abound you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ wow if these things are yours and begin to abound if they begin to increase you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ you want to know Jesus Christ. And the next verse, can somebody read verse 9 for me? Verse 9 is even, verse 9 and 10. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. If these things are yours, you ask, how can I be unfruitful in my Christian work? These are the things. If they are yours and abound. Did you find it? Verse 9. Who has found it? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. You have it. For he who has, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. If you do these things, you will never stumble. So you ask, why do Christians stumble? They don't do these things. If you do these things, you will never stumble. And the Bible doesn't mean words. If you're stumbling, then check these things. If you're making mistakes, then check these things. If your life is not fruitful, check these things. If you do these things, you will never stumble. That's so powerful. So powerful. Let's move. So, here's the fight for fruitfulness. If they are yours, verse, verse 8, we're going back to verse 8. He says, if they are yours and abound, if you own these values, if you have the discomfort of learning and unlearning these things, unlearning all the wrong things you've learned, and start learning how to have these virtues, if you allow that discomfort to be in you, so that these things eventually become yours and abound, something will be triggered. You will not be barren in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You will never stumble. I think verse 11 says you will have an entrance into the everlasting kingdom of God. How powerful is that? Is that not amazing? So this is the fight for your personal fruitfulness. Many times we are looking for all types of fruitfulness. But this is internal fruitfulness. Internal fruitfulness. When people are going into... Recently I've been doing a lot of marriage counseling classes. When people are going into marriage, they are always blinded by love. You know love is blind. They are always blinded by love. So, they don't listen to anyone really. 
it has to take the Holy Spirit to fall on people before they begin to hear and borrow themselves sins. Meanwhile, it's clear that there are resources available for you not to make those mistakes. Especially guys. Like, guys think like, who, who can tell me how to be with my babe? How can you teach me how to be with a woman? How? Who are you? Marriage is you do your own, I do my own. But guess what, guys? There's a template in God. There's a template that other people have worked. There are mistakes people like me have done. People like Pastor Heidi. We've done mistakes. There's no need for you to do the mistakes we did. No need. No need. No need. Do you feel, I was asking Winifred this one, I said, do you feel like if you go and speak, if you and your boyfriend go and sit with Pastor Heidi and speak with her and she empties her well of knowledge on you, that she gains anything? I don't see how she gains apart from spending. She's spending herself to pour out. So it's a privilege that you have someone so wise. Do you understand that you can sit with and talk with Pastor Zena? These people are married 10 years and above. It's a privilege. And only the wise embrace that wisdom of sitting. They will tell you, here's what I goofed. Here's what I allowed. And guess what? Nothing says it's compulsory for you to do what they advised. Like, we try to go forward. Do you know how someone is going to be when they are jealous? You guys are loving each other now. Especially guys. You know how a woman is going to be when she's jealous? Huh? Do you know what's going to happen when this guy is angry? You know what he's like when he's really, really angry? I can't remember the number of times I told people, you don't know this guy, you don't know this guy. And they tell me, Pastor Mo, you're judging him. You're judging him. You're judging him. He's, a, he's good in the heart. He has a good heart. And you don't take the effort to sit down and have conversation. We don't take the effort to ask bottom line questions. Do you know what people are like when they are broke? Have no money? Do you, like, do you know what people are like when they are anxious? Do you know what people are like when they are under pressure? That's the thing about fast dating. Sometimes it's better for you not to have a relationship than to have some rabid relationship with some foolish sons of Belial. If these things are yours and abound, you will never stumble. You will not be barren. When you have a marriage, it will be a real marriage. When you have a relationship, it will be a real relationship. When you have a friendship, it will be a real friendship because you are adding something. You are adding to faith godliness. You are to, you're adding to faith virtue. You are adding to virtue something else. And all these things, when they are yours and abound, they make you to become fruitful. Say, I am fruitful. Oh, you guys don't like this message today. Say, I am fruitful. Say it again, I am fruitful. Say, there's a seed coming from the inside of me. 
is the seed of the knowledge of Christ. Say, I will never stumble. Say, I have entrance into eternal life. I have entrance to the everlasting kingdom of my God. I fight for my fruitfulness. I own the values. I, I embrace the discomfort of unlearning and relearning truth. I will learn new things. I will stretch the vastitudes of my worldview. I will stretch the knowledge base that you're giving to me. I will cultivate the fruits of righteousness. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. One thing I'll say before I leave this place, before I leave this particular page, gifts are given, fruits are cultivated. Write it down. Gifts are given, fruits are cultivated. All these gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, signs and wonders, working up miracles, they are what? Given. People have gifts of the Spirit before they even give their life to Christ. You know, people have dreams. They dream. And their dreams come to pass before they even sanctify before God. People have vision. These are dash. God just dash the whole world. Gifts. They are gifts. It means you didn't work for them. But fruits is cultivated. You plant and you harvest. Hallelujah. Amen. So that brings me to the, to the message that Pastor, Pastor Latin they nearly stole on Friday while we're praying. This is the part he nearly stole. Egypt and Goshen. Until I caught him by the hand. Don't steal my message, I shouted. <laughs> that was a joke. And those of you who are in the live stream, you understand. <laughs> Egypt and Goshen. I just feel bad for you guys how I joke and you guys don't get it. It's only when I say it's a joke, then you guys remember, oh, yeah, we're supposed to laugh. Ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Let's read this in Genesis chapter 46, verse 28. Then he sent Judah before him to Joseph to point out before him the way to Goshen. And they came to the land of Goshen. So Joseph made ready his chariots and went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. And he presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. I don't have time to read the whole account to you in Genesis chapter 45, 46, and 47. The accounts that led the children of Israel to travel from Israel to Egypt. But there was a famine in the land. And they all left the land of Israel to Egypt. But something happened once they arrived. Joseph spied out the land called Goshen. And he asked Pharaoh and prepared his brothers for them to take over the land of Goshen. And the land of Goshen and the land of Israel had two distinct... The land of Joseph... Sorry, the land of Goshen and the land of Ramses or the other part of Egypt had two different characteristics. You won't even believe this picture is a picture of a town called Goshen in America. It's full of meadows, city of 30,000 people. 
gosh, you can Google it. Like us. I couldn't believe just looking at the pictures. This is actually from a real estate company trying to market this house. This is how all the houses are with green lawn, vegetation, trees, one house in the middle. 30,000 people in a whole city, in a whole borough. Amazing town. Well, I was checking the stats. It's 65% white, 20% Hispanic. All the other people, 20%, <laughs> maybe 15%, everybody else. Like, literally amazing city. They made it after the biblical idea of Goshen, of green, green greeneries, meadows, pasture, a dwelling place of beauty, a place of fruitfulness, a place where grace is released. So Joseph asked for his family to get there. I don't have time to go through this, but I've, I've created a rubric of so you understand what Python and Ramses were like. Python and Ramses were the two storage cities that Joseph created for the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine. So whenever people lost their land, they took a flat in Python. So Joseph was buying the people of, Israel, of Egypt for Pharaoh. He entered a business model, which is called the Joseph business model. Where what he literally did was that he, first of all, people started buying the grain. Once famine started, people would come and buy the grain. So once they bought the grain, they will go back, they will eat the grain. Once the grain finishes, they will come back and beg. And Joseph will say to them, okay, sell your cattle. So they will sell their cows. They were doing this economy where none of them got anything for free. Say to your friend, none of them got anything for free. Everything was paid for. Joseph's business model was that it wasn't a freebie. You know, a freebie economy is not sustainable. And we like freebies so much. It's not sustainable. Just everything Joseph did was paid for. Was paid for. So here's what he did. Then next, they will come and say, our livestock is finished and we're hungry. Joseph will say, okay, sell yourself to Pharaoh. So sell your land. The next was land before themselves. Finally, after, because seven years is a long time, finally they ended up selling themselves to Pharaoh so that Pharaoh owned all of them, owned them, owned their land, owned their livestock for the purpose of grain. So Pharaoh became extremely wealthy on account of Joseph. Even Pharaoh himself could not believe it. So the whole land in Egypt now became in the ownership of Pharaoh. I'm sure some of you will argue that this is actually capitalism. Yes, it was. Or state control, state monopoly. Whatever government you called it, Pharaoh became very rich and everybody, nobody died while the seven years of famine lasted. Eventually, after the seven years, they began to buy themselves back into freedom. But he created a, not a free basic, not an entitlement-based economy, but a, an economy where people worked to earn their keep. 
So that created a difference between Python and Ramses and Goshen. Python was built city by the Jews. Python was storehouses for natural grain. They don't like cattle. They don't like sheep in Python. Egyptians generally are so bougie, they don't want to see animals. They were aristocrats. Have you ever seen Egyptian uniforms, clothes? How many of you have seen those movies? They're actually real. Because if you go back to the images, stone images and heliographics, and every image that is rendered, they were aristocrats. You know who they remind me of? Like the Arabs. Have you seen the Emiratis? How they look? Their clothes are so white. It's as if it was immaculate conception. They never touch any stain. They walk around the Emirates like kings. And they are kings. Because if you want to come to their country, they must own majority stake in whatever business you are doing. They must own at least 50% of your business for you to incorporate in Dubai. It means like, you come and meet Pastor Fred and say, Pastor Fred, I want to do business in Nigeria, so 50% belongs to you. Pastor Fred doesn't have to do anything. All he has to just sit on the board. Who are you hiring? What are you doing? And just after a while, if we make a billion dollars, half a billion belongs to him. Pastor Fred, is that not a good idea? <laughs> That's actually what it was like. The economy of the city was in the hand of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's court became massively rich. There was great drought in all the nations around. But in Egypt, there was fruitfulness on account of a man called Joseph. By the prophetic revelation of God, he knew that a season was coming when famine was going to seize the whole earth and he made houses of grain. And the cities he built were around subservience. It was all about effort and it was all about sweat. Ramses was about effort and sweat. You understand? Python was about effort and sweat. These were sweat cities where people sold themselves. But the difference between them and Goshen, Goshen became a place chosen by God. Let's read it out. Goshen is one chosen by God. It's pasture land for agriculture. It's a place for shepherds and keepers. It's green and simple. It had peace and yieldedness. This is what Goshen was like. So Goshen became that city of God. Goshen became that simple place. While Joseph was running one economy in Egypt, as great as it was, there was a better economy. It's the economy of God. The economy of Goshen. It naturally produced. In the time when Egypt was in seven years of famine, you will see that Goshen kept on producing. They didn't need to sell themselves to Pharaoh. They didn't need to move into flats. They didn't need to move into the city. They didn't need to do anything. What were they doing? They were fine in Egypt. How powerful is that? And in a time when the whole of Egypt is under the gulag of Pharaoh, you are free. 
And Joseph walked this economy in such a way that his own people who had come from a foreign land now became the free people. No wonder when Joseph died and a Pharaoh rose up who did not know Joseph or know the Israelites, there was so much jealousy because they became multiplied. They created a city at the, at the ground. So if you take a look at the left, this was what Egypt, next slide. Take a look at the left, this was what Egypt was like. So Egypt was this built up place. This is actually a real hall in Egypt, keeping the, tre the treasures. This, there are some sphinx, sphinx heads and stuff like that in this place in Egypt, right? So here's what happened. If you read the account, like I said, I don't have time because I have somewhere where I'm going, right? If you read the account, you see how Joseph prepped his people. Pharaoh is going to come to you and ask you, what do you do? Say to them, say to Pharaoh, we are shepherds. And once you arrive, go to Goshen. So he didn't allow his people to live anywhere else. As they were arriving, he was taking them straight to where? To Goshen. When you arrive, don't be distracted. Go straight to Goshen. Then Pharaoh will invite you to have a conversation with you. And once Pharaoh invites you, I ask you, what do you do? Say, we are shepherds. We don't mind to live in the pasture because everybody likes to live in the city. But these people did not mind to live in a rural community. We are shepherd men, so allow us, because everybody's looking at the city center as the minaret, as the tower of power, as the center. But they left the city and went into the grasslands. So once they got the approval of Pharaoh, they occupied Goshen and built a city there. So we now later to see what happened in Goshen at a time when the plagues started. We began to see. Exodus 8.22. Let's read it together. And in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. In 9 chapter 4, in Exodus 9 chapter 4, you see there was livestock being diseased. It didn't happen in Goshen. There was hail and thunder in the whole land of Egypt. It didn't happen in Goshen. All the plagues of Egypt did not happen in Goshen. What do you think God was achieving with Goshen from the get-go? Separation. Separation. Separation of his economy from the earthly economy. Many times we are so aware of the earthly economy. But God is actually building another kind of economy called Goshen. This economy is based on the prosperity of heaven. This economy is based on the fruitfulness from the presence of God. It's not based on you living in the city center. It's not based on you capturing the place where all men want to go. It's based on you leaning on the Holy Spirit. It's based on you going to a deeper place on the inside. You know, 
in March, this March we're going to do Open for Business Conference. And there's something that has been in my spirit. We need to teach businessmen that they don't need to compromise to do the will of God. They don't need to compromise to be big in business. They don't need to be broken to be big in business. They don't need to sell their soul before they become massive in business. There is another economy. See, another economy. It is the economy of Goshen. There is a place where God takes you to and doors begin to open to you and you begin to intersect Egypt from a particular place. You begin to have ideas that birth in the spirit of God. You begin to have knowledge and insight that comes from the presence of God and this insight begins to work because you are in Goshen. Say, I am in Goshen. God wants to bring all his sons to a place where his idea is working in their hearts because there is a thinking in the world that except you are corrupted, you cannot be rich. Except you are corrupted, you cannot be influential. Except you are broken, except you sleaze around, you will not get the, the best roles in the, in the movie industry. Except you are compromised, except you give into the gay rights movement, you will not get funding for your film project. There is a spirit that is going around that is telling us that except we live in indulgence, with the world and have sex with Babylon that will go no further but this is not true because there is a new economy in God called Goshen and God will carry his people away from that which looks attractive he will carry his people from that which looks seductive he will carry his people from that which looks attractive in the natural and begin to show them how to make how to make meaning how to bring ideas how to bring creativity to life how to get something on the inside of them that looks ludicrous but when they do it it will work out for people people will begin to see it and a great fruit will be born of them and God is trying to raise pioneers God is trying to raise leaders in the world of business who have never done anything who have never done this thing in the natural before but God will give them a gifting a gracing an ability an insight a way a way by which they will do it and as they work it out as they work it out out, the strength of God will come on their inside and they will find themselves in Goshen and God will say a different economy say a different economy God will be released in a different economy it looks attractive but you have to sell yourself in Egypt it looks nice but you have to sell yourself to Pharaoh you keep on giving to Pharaoh you keep on giving to Pharaoh until you become a slave you keep on giving to Babylon you keep on giving to Babylon until you become bound by the fetters of Babylon there are many people here who when anything happens they run back to their work that's the first thing they do they don't realize that there is another economy see another economy I rain the eyes I rain the rain of fruitfulness over the Goshen's of our lives in the name of Jesus Christ so that we will never undermine what God wants to do through us that we will know that there is a partnership between us and the Spirit of God to birth Goshen that you will birth Goshen birth Goshen and I will see your meadows 
and I will see your pastures and I will see your grain and I will see the fragrance of the incense of the field that the Lord has blessed in, over you in the name of Jesus Christ. You are a fruitful field. You are a place that grows. You are a place that expands in the name of Jesus Christ. I see the prosperity of God around your borders. I see the grace of God in your work life. I see the mercy of God in that which you do in the work of your hands in this nation you will birth things you will birth things by the spirit of God and God will raise a testimony that by the finger of God that which you birth has been birthed in the name of Jesus Christ I release an unction for you to birth that which is righteous for you to birth that which is holy by the finger of God you will partner with Egypt but Egypt will never enter on the inside of you you will always live separate you will always live in the grace of God you will always live in the fruitfulness of God in the name of Jesus Christ I release Goshen I release Goshen in the name of Jesus Christ I see people walking into Goshen I see sons and daughters stepping into green meadows open vast lands I see people walking into new territories I see plains where you can see for a mile and they will say that's all your land I see real estate open to people I see new places where people haven't been before I see people getting whole communities after them I see farmlands and lands and meadows and prosperity fill the borders I see industry rise up in the middle of nowhere I see people breaking into territories they've never been before in the name of Jesus Christ for God is yet raising a people for God is yet raising a people who don't need to sell themselves to the devil before they can become who they're supposed to be. For God is yet raising a people who don't need to sleep with the hallowed Babylon before they can be everything they're supposed to be in God. For God is yet raising a people who will know him and from the knowledge and their fellowship with God, they will expand upon the earth. For God reveals to kings that which he will do in his good time and he will give you also the power to birth that pioneering idea which he has put on the inside of you in Jesus name we pray Amen Amen Hallelujah Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Goshen Goshen is coming Goshen is being released Goshen 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 is being released in the city of the living God. There is joy and prosperity. Goshen is being released. Goshen is being released in the city of prosperity where the grace of God flows out. Goshen is calling me. Goshen, Goshen is calling me. I open up myself to the ideas of the living God. I open up my heart to you. Goshen is calling me. Goshen. For so long, for so long, I remember a friend of mine and I sitting in front of one of the 
one of the biggest oil traders in Nigeria. And the guy looked at me and said, Pastor Moses. I said, yes. He said to me, you see, is it possible for someone to, to do God in the right way and do business in Nigeria? You know the question he was asking? He knows how much he has to be in bed with NMPC. He knows how much he has to pay to the systems of this world. And is asking me that question. Ramses will always look like that. Python will always look like that. But Goshen has a different principle. Goshen grows. Tell somebody Goshen grows naturally. God blesses the grass in Goshen. God waters the, the rivers of Goshen. God causes greenery to come in Goshen. Of all things you should desire in prosperity and increase, desire Goshen. Desire. Hallelujah. Finally, these are four sermons in one actually because I don't preach all the time so sometimes I try to condense so many ideas. It's the final one. And it's the shortest. Call it greenhouse living. Say greenhouse living. Greenhouse speaks about a nursery, a place of perfection where the weather is right, where everything is perfected, the water is measured, the sand is measured, the heat is measured, the temperature is measured. Greenhouse. There's a greenhouse coming, there's a perfection coming. It's a place which God has promised coming. And let's read it from the book of Revelation 22, verse 1 to 2. 1, 2, go. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of his street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You know, before we arrive at this place, we'll go to Goshen first. These are levels. This is the final one. Well, fruitfulness. You know, don't believe that God created you for you to be dry. For everything to be hard around you. You guys in Hills Music, you know I've desired for you guys to multiply and double your income and double your revenue. Not because you're serving in the house of God that you guys are beggarly. You're buying cars, buying lands, buying houses in the name of Jesus Christ. There is a Goshen coming for you guys. There's a Goshen coming for everyone who serves in the house of God. You cannot serve God and go back and become poor. You cannot serve God like I never worry. I never worry about my life. 
I never worry what's going to happen to my kids. I never worry at all. I never worry even about this nation because God is seated on the throne. And when you read the last book of the Bible, guess how he ends? He ends with a river of life. He ends with a place where hell and Hades were cast into the lake of fire, where there's no more disobedience, where nothing is out of sync, where nothing is imperfect, is permitted to come in. God has finished the end of the story before he came to start working it out in our lives. We may be holding on to Goshen, but there's something even better than Goshen, said heavenly Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Say heavenly Jerusalem. This is the place where we are going. This is the place where you are going. And on that day, when we will arrive at eternity's shore, there will be no more sickness, no more brokenness, no more anxiety, no more pain. Guess what? There is a real heaven coming for you. There's a real conclusion of this journey coming for you. This is not the end. All that is happening in the earth is not everything. See, there is more. Say to someone, there is more. This is the time for you to preach to someone. So choose who you're going to preach to now. Choose someone. Choose someone. Preach to someone. Say, my, my sister, I just want to preach to you. I just want to speak the gospel to you you will make it to heaven you will arrive at eternity sure your soul will not be lost nothing the devil is doing will take you away from fruitfulness last last you go bear fruit the grace of god is being born on the inside of you i can see life flowing out of you Say, I can see unction flowing out of you. Say, I can see joy flowing out of you. I can see hope coming out of you. I can see beauty coming out of you. Because you're fruitful. And when you, we arrive at eternity, sure, when everything is over, ah, ah, Believe me, there's something more coming. Even after Goshen, there's something better coming. This is not all. Paul says, if only in this world we have hope, we have all men most miserable. In this world you have Goshen. In eternity you have the river of life. The trees of life is there. We will eat freely of the tree of life. Life is not a place to go. Life is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. And when you eat that fruit, you will never be sick. Sickness will not be normal. And people have said they saw Abraham. And Abraham looked young like a young man. You people have said they saw their parents who they, when they died. They saw people who have entered into eternity. Now people don't want to preach about that but man there is heaven and there's a company of people who have arrived there my dad has arrived there one day my mom was crying about my late dad and she was crying and she was crying and God opened her eyes and she saw a mansion with my dad's silpers at the door and they told her this is mansion are you still crying she wiped her tears <laughs> like it's fine I don't know who you've lost I don't know who is precious to you that you think that's why to die in the Lord is gain 
to die in the Lord is gain. People like to preserve their lives. But oh my God, that I may die in Christ today and enter into eternity's shore and break into another realm of fruitfulness. There is a grace that comes from the fruitfulness that flows from the river of life in heaven where every pain is gone, where every anxiety is gone, where every sorrow is gone. You, you are not only living in this life. This is not that all that there is. This life will bring you to Goshen. But beyond Goshen, there is eternal life. There's a river of fruitfulness coming for you. Those who are planted by the rivers of God will begin to experience that life even now. Can you get yourself planted in Goshen? So Goshen is a sprinkling of that eternal river. If you plant in Goshen, guess what will happen? That eternal river will begin to flow to you. And it won't matter what you're going through now. And some of you are so angry with the beaver's machines and whether they recorded your, your, your election score or not. You are, some people were so mad. Say to someone, Goshen is coming. Hallelujah. When we arrive at eternity show, where dead is just a memory and tears are no more. We enter in as the wedding bells ring. Your brides will come together and say, You're beautiful. Oh, 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 you're beautiful. Father, thank you for the promise of fruitfulness. Father, I pray over everyone going through barrenness right now. Everyone going through any situation in their lives where they feel like this is the end. I release your grace and your life over them now in the name of Jesus Christ. I bring fruitfulness, fruitfulness, fruitfulness from this day going forward. They will see that you haven't conscribed them to a life of dryness emptiness and brokenness oh God you are the God of fruits we are bearing fruit in our spirit we are bearing fruit in our family we are bearing fruit in our body we are bearing fruit in our mind fruitfulness our businesses are coming alive in the name of Jesus Christ our ideas are coming to birth in the name of Jesus Christ this is the time of the birthing of the glory of God and will release fruitfulness all over this house in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I actually just saw the Spirit of God. I just heard the Spirit of God saying, I'm just about to begin many new businesses. Many new ideas are going to thrive in this house. This will be the place for the birth of increase. I, see, I saw the consolidation of many businesses in this house as well. God is giving people power to scale what they were doing before to a whole new level. I see God increasing the nation. I see like increase. And I heard the Spirit of God saying, many of you are already frustrated. Don't you know it takes time to give birth? Don't you know it takes a whole lot of time to give birth? It takes a whole lot of time to give birth. You just, you just took one step and when it didn't move according to how you wanted it to move, you're already discouraged. It takes a whole lot of energy.
to be in labor to birth. I just hear the Spirit of God saying the labor season is not fully there yet. We're still laboring to give birth. Over this weekend, I need you guys to stay in incubation, to stay in that place of birthing. Some of you who are at home, I need you guys to spend some time praying. Pray away the blues. The blues is not the presence of God. You know, that discouragement, that aura that's tied you, that fear is not the presence of God. Pray it out. Pray it out. Pray it out. Know that God is seated on His throne and He's giving ideas for you to dominate. There's a river flowing from the throne of God. There's a river flowing from the throne of God. And this river will bring about fruitfulness. I see fruitfulness sweeping like a wave through Nigeria. I see industries being built up. I see companies being founded. I see cities come alive. I saw like scraggy old city, like a shanty town being refurbished. I saw gutters being dug. I saw highways being opened. I saw development flow through the city centers of this nation. I saw a highway running from, from Lagos all the way to Abuja. I just saw like God opening up the nation all the way into Kano. I saw Meduguri come alive. I saw places. I actually just saw Brandon Kebi a bringing cave become alive become a modern city i saw the grace of god fill the land i saw towns and villages open up and the people say oh my god so this is possible in nigeria i saw the nation birth again with the glory of god i saw the land awash again with prosperity i saw productivity rise in nigeria i saw people rushing to work i saw new city centers being built i saw people hurrying to go and build i saw development i saw people from all over africa traveling into nigeria to come and learn the model that, that brought development i saw saw people traveling from the nations of the world listening to us i saw our leaders being respected across every decision table across the world i saw nigerians emerge in world stage and say let us show you how to do it in the name of jesus christ i receive it we receive it together in jesus name and our nation is lifted out from the doldrums of rejection and lord god we are planted in our place in the committee of nations in the world we, we declare to god and our time and our season has come. You will arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. This is the season for fruitfulness. There's no more barrenness. We banish barrenness into the past and we raise cushions, oases, new water places, new watering places, gardens and meadows. I saw children running through the streets I saw paved walkways and organization. I saw area boys being carried and washed. I saw them being washed. I saw people giving them new clothes and taking them back to school. I saw change in diverse places. I saw farmlands bloom. I saw farmers smiling all across the nation. I see it. I see it. I see fruitfulness as a tide because Goshen is arising in Nigeria. Nigeria has become the Goshen of God. A new city is emerging from the place of brokenness. A new place is coming out with hope and power. Leaders are emerging who 
will serve the people and the people who used to oppress the people will be so full of shame their legacy will be buried in shame in the name of Jesus Christ and new servant leaders will emerge who will serve the people who will lead the people aright in the name of Jesus Christ I saw a new day dawn and Goshen Goshen is born in the name of Jesus Christ Amen Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 